30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to part two of our fantastic fourth season finale. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack. And of course, joined by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the juice is loose. He's freshly squeezed. He's on holiday today. Dr. Joshua Davis. Juice, what's up? Good to see you, man. Hope everybody's had a... Fun, safe, relaxing Labor Day weekend. I know I have. Kind of ugly. Like, yeah. This is typically like we had everybody in. Uh, I mean, from from Christopher and the kids to mom's sister from Georgia, like Patsy, and some of her family. Like we had everybody in and so little pool time. It's, it was ugly. So. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it was it was hard for me because it was not just hard for me. It was hard for me, Dad and Christopher, because for the first time in the history of our house, there was a Georgia game on the TV and they weren't playing Tennessee. We literally just for Patsy watched the Georgia game. <clears throat> but football is football. Yeah, Same I was like, uh, this feels weird. Like, there's no orange out on the field. This is literally just a Georgia football game playing on our TV by choice in our living room. And it, it was, it was, it was interesting. Of course, they played well. I mean, they're Georgia; they're the defending champions. Yeah, and it was great to see her. I, I can honestly say I haven't seen Patsy in probably 15 years. To tell um, you the truth, uh, so so it's always great. And I'm that. sure that our uh, our good friend Beth Bluecheck Crowley was yes. enjoying the game. So yes. I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was. Uh, speaking of Beth, in our last episode, we got to catch back up with Beth and talked about her getting the official blue check and songs that she's released and songs she has coming and ideas and Witcher conversation and Stranger Things and we talked about so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can find that in part one of our season finale from last week. I'm really holding out hope for a, uh, a Sandman song at some point. I think I think I think that would be a really good one. I do. Yeah. Uh, so Beth, you heard it here. 
Sandman. Get to read and get to watch him. <laughs> you like it. She'd do um, a great job. So, uh, yeah, it's Labor Day weekend. It's typically your cookout and swimming and lake holiday here here in the South, especially. Uh, but it's just been an ugly weekend. Rather dreary. Yeah, it's kept uh, kept a lot of people in, which I'm f- would typically be fine with. But on top of four weeks already, almost of being in, quote unquote, I was ready to go out, and <laughs> the weather didn't allow it. So it kind of sucked. But there's always next year. <laughs> there's always next year, as Tennessee Vol fans like to say. But we started strong um, against uh, wishes and uh, doctor's orders. I did go to the Tennessee game in my boot and made it to a little bit after the halftime show. And it was time to go. Um, Started hurting. Felt it for a couple days after that. But, dude, we looked good. Tennessee football, oh, yeah. we looked dominant. Uh, granted, it's, you know, no offense. It's uh, all state. All state. <laughs> um, the real the real test will be this weekend going to Pitt, who beat us last year, uh, and then Akron, and then the Gators. Woo. And I'm telling you, man, like, if we can talk a little sports talk. Oh, every year – good news starts coming out of Tennessee. People start talking about 10 and two and nine and three. And eight this and is our year, baby. This feels like 98, all that crap. And I'm just like, dude, can we go one goal at a time? Our goal should be let's beat Florida. Yes. They're our first rung on the ladder. I don't want to hear about Bama and Georgia. Nope. Till we end the losing streak against Florida. We, ain't, we ain't beating Bama. No, that, that ain't happening. Like, no. So I'm just like, let's just go with Florida first. Let's start there. When was the last time we beat Florida? Like 2012, 2013? 2012. 14, something like that. Yeah. twenty. Uh, the last person to beat Florida was Eric Ainge, I believe. Or no, not Eric Ainge. Uh, was Lord. it Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs was the last quarterback to beat Florida. I think it was like 13, 14 or so. Eric Ainge was the last quarterback to beat Bama at Tennessee. Six. Uh, yeah. So let's take this little steps at a time. Exactly. We did include last year, seven and six, not bad. Yeah. If you want to go for eight and five, let's make that win Florida. First rung of the ladder. But I'm happy Tennessee football's back, which means pro football will be back and all of you in your fantasy leagues. Good luck this year. I'm in two of them, one for work with Brian and our typical family, one that I do with Christopher and Matt and all them and uh, a lot, lot of their friends. Uh, so good luck in the football season, fantasy players. And uh, I can't wait to see what Tennessee does, man. It's going to be a lot of excitement. It really is. It's a great we're, time of the year. We're, we're a fast moving team that I got to see in that first half. And that's, that's going to be hard to beat. It really is.
Starting out, let's, we got a lot to talk about. It's our last episode for about a month. Uh, we wanted to get all the nerdly news in that we could. Today is a special day, Juice. It's a very special day. It's not just the recording of our, our season four finale. Today, as we record, September 5th, 2002, is the 30th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. That's right. 30 years ago, one of the greatest animated shows to ever touch the waves mm-hmm. debuted with the Cat yeah. and Claw Part 1. So happy 30th to Batman the Animated Series. It started a lot of us on our path to nerdum. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% it did. I have such you know fond memories of you know coming home from school and my grandparents house and they had the old you know the antenna and pick up uh to pick up fox we had to really you know (laughs) move the the ears the right way i never quite found the right spot for it (laughs) but um i remember just seeing like i could hear it really well Mm -hmm. and i would see little bits and pieces of it Mm -hmm. and that was some of my first memories of batman the animated series so once they came out on dvd and you know, they're on streaming and all that stuff. Um, it was just like, wow, I can watch it whenever I want. And it's it's clear. It's so vivid. I could see it, you know. So uh, I love that show. And uh, it's I can't believe 30 years. 30 years, dude. Good grief. You're three years old when it debuted. As if I didn't need uh, anything <laughs> else to remind me that we're getting old. Man, uh-huh. I, I got to tell you, when you, when you first knew me, I was the kid. I did a lot of shopping at Rue 21. I got a lot of shopping at Route 21. I was in Middlesbrough, Kentucky yesterday, and I went in the mall there, and they have a Route 21. It's closing. So they had a lot of stuff on sale and yada, yada, yada. And I walked in there, and I thought, man, I am too old for these clothes. I One of the themes of our show, I think, is the fact that we're 30 and what it's like being nerds in your 30s. Yeah. All that. (laughs) My goodness, man. I walked out of there just like, wow. Yeah. I am even even shopping gets difficult and the older you get the old guy walking through route 21 (laughs) anyway we're probably looking at you like I don't think he he might be lost (laughs) I did find some really nice black panther uh boxer briefs so uh I I did I did I did get those oh well good you're never too old for black panther no you're not kind of forever kind of forever anyway Speaking of Batman, uh, some very sad news out of HBO Max. The Cape Crusader, which was the continuation of the animated series, uh, is being shopped around now to other platforms due to HBO Max canceling the project. You let me down, HBO. As an you HBO let me down original, again. Original, like of all the titles that they've shelved or canceled, blah, blah, blah. It's like the animated series, like the continuation, like Bruce, like Tim, all of them working on it. Again, returning to work on it, the people who made animated series so good, and you're not going to make it an HBO Max original. Like I thought, you wanted subscribers. Like that would have been a a driving factor. And now, I mean, what if Netflix gets it? That's a competitor. What if Hulu, who's owned by Disney, is like, yeah, we'll we'll pay for Amazon. Play. I mean, you're letting your competitors get possibly one of your more successful animated shows. It's sad. It really is. I I don't know what they're doing over there. Like, what's? I don't know, man. I've tried to. I've tried to keep my finger to the pulse of what's going on at Warner and like all the reshuffling, all the canceling, the new CEO. Like, when you hear like one good thing coming out, like this new Feige figure, 
you hear four bad things. And it's like, you're doing what that one step forward, three steps back. Every time, every time there's like a little glimmer of hope or like a little bit of excitement, like, yes, we're finally going in the right direction with DC and all that stuff. And then, uh, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it really is. Um, Moving on, speaking of HBO Max, uh, like Game of Thrones, House of Dragon has fallen foul of a humorous fell involving the lack of CGI effects applied to King Viserys' hand in the third episode. We all remember the coffee cup incident in Game of Thrones. Well, following a time skip from the events of the second episode, King Viserys is afflicted with an infection after cutting his fingers on the hazardous Iron Throne. In most scenes, he is hiding his missing fingers in a glove, but in others, you can see his infectious fingers. That is, if the VFX team had remembered to replace actor Patty Sendine's green-gloved fingers with the infected effects. (laughs) I hadn't noticed. I had to go back, and I was like, oh, no. This is episode three. (laughs) Bless their hearts. Season seven or eight. Don't don't they have somebody like whose job is continuity? That's always mm-hmm. a thing. Like the continuity person. What what are they doing? But shouldn't they be like watching a screen going like, oh, oh, oh I say green. I say oh, here's green. all the things that we got to keep up with. Yeah. All right, we made it to episode three, and already we're dropping the ball. But yeah. I didn't notice. I gotta say. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't notice the first time around. But you've watched it. You've watched House of Dragons. Yeah, I'm I'm caught up. Yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I love Matt Smith's portrayal of of Damon um, because you hear stories in the original Game of Thrones. You hear about the lineage of the Targaryens whenever uh, Khaleesi's talking or her brother in the first season is talking about the lineage of the dragon. And you hear these names getting thrown out. What I love about the show is we actually get to see the insanity that is the Targaryen family and, Mm -hmm. you know, how it all started and how it's going and we know where it's going too but we're 127 years before Daenerys was even born so it's really isn't, cool. isn't it true that they've already renewed it for a season two mm-hmm. yeah um how what do you what do you think about that because well, prequels, I, prequels are tough they really are tough. And like Beth said in the last episode you're playing a dangerous game with prequels whether it be shows or movies, because you know the goal you have to get to. And you know that when you're playing that game, which is also what Supernatural is about to do in October, is Jensen has to be very careful on what the show has talked about being the era before the boys being born and what we're actually getting to see. It has to line up. Mm-hmm. And House of Dragons has to do the same thing. They can't do anything that someone can go back and watch Game of Thrones and be like, this is different. What Khaleesi said about Viserys or whatever didn't actually happen in House of the Dragon. It has to happen. So it's a dangerous game to play, but I, I, I hope that it's, it's, it's a renewal in the faith of the Game of Thrones IP. I really do. I, I think it's looking that way for the most part right now. Yeah, because yeah. one thing we didn't say – I didn't say when when Beth was talking about Game of Thrones is like last year or so or 2020, 2020 or 2021 was like the 10 year anniversary of the first episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And you have to say. If it had had the finality 
that it could have had mm-hmm. it would have been a global celebration. Ten yeah. years. But yeah. people's mouths were so uh, had a bad taste in it. You didn't se- you didn't see celebrations. Yeah, it's like Beth was saying that we've never seen anything like that so loved. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, nope, we just don't talk about that. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's people it's are rare. People are nutty about their shows, man. Yeah, they are. They uh, are. But I was thinking like, yeah, okay. I'm enjoying the house of dragon and all that stuff. But what if they did something where, and I might've talked about this. I can't remember where they did like a prequel show for all the big houses, like the house of the, the, the dire wolf, you know, yeah. like the Starks and, and all that good stuff. Oh, and uh, especially if you got to see kind of a prequel to the Lannisters would be. Sure, Because sure. we did see... Um, Jason Lannister. We did see Bar- a Baratheon mm-hmm. in episode one uh, during the big, the big tournament. And he was kind of a, already a smartass to the Targaryens. And it's like, oh, that's like the great, great, great grandfather of... Yeah season one Baratheon and so. we saw we saw Stark and maybe a, like a Tarly there's been mm-hmm. there's been several names that yeah. have been thrown out there so yeah I don't see why it wouldn't be a cool thing to see even if they were just like we're going to do a couple seasons of the Targaryen then we're going to go to the Starks then we're going to go to the Lannisters and just kind of do little uh two and three season arcs of these families to lead you into yep. I think it'd be smart. Or uh-huh. even just like one per house. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. I don't know. It would have been people, people are gonna watch it. Yeah. Moving forward, Aquaman 2 star Yaha Abdul Mateen, aka Mantis, was in an interview with Vulture recently. When asked about acting in comic book franchise, he said that acting in this movie, along with other comic book movies, is clown work, stating that these movies aren't the Chicago seven. You have to get over yourself. What? What's he? What? What? Whoa, sir! What are you implying here? <laughs> it's like clown work. That's an interesting term because I get that. Like, since we're doing this countdown, it, it's really made me re- sometimes reanalyze like acting in The Departed versus acting in Avengers Endgame. But I would look at him and I'd say, I don't think you can compare because it's two totally different things. You're still doing a job. You're mm-hmm. still acting. We're still wanting 100%. Because this is still important to a lot of people. And the Chicago 7 was a, a beautiful story. And, and I loved watching it being told. And yeah, it was powerful. But... Kind of like I would say to Scorsese or any of the directors, like you can't take away from one to make yours look more legitimate. It's all entertainment and performance. Yeah. So blowing out somebody else's candle doesn't make yeah. yours burn any brighter there. Pal. No, it doesn't. And it's just interesting because he is a good actor and I love his take on Mantis. And I love that they cast a strong act- actor in that role because Mantis is a, a kind of a tortured soul. So, I mean, I'm not going to hold it against him. He may see it as clown work. Some people mm-hmm. are going to, I, I, you know, I can't fault people for their opinions and beliefs, but it's just an interesting term clown work. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So beginning October 1st of 2022, the monthly games provided by Xbox Game Pass Ultimate will no longer include Xbox 360 games. Now, this will not impact already downloaded Xbox 360 games. So if you have your your Assassin's Creed 3 is an Xbox 360 game, if you've already got it and it's downloaded to your system, it's not going away. It's still yours. Uh, but basically, if you want to for free have a, a couple of Xbox 360 games on your hard drive, I would get them downloaded before October 1st. So will they still be available for purchase? Purchase, or yes. okay. not in the Game Pass. Okay. Well, that's acceptable. So the Game Pass is moving towards new gen and beyond and maybe, maybe making it a little more modern exclusive as opposed to... But like we've talked about a thousand times on the show, nostalgia sells. And I've got six or seven quality 360 games from Game Pass downloaded to my hard drive, like Max Payne, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Um, so if Banjo Kazooie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a whole list of amazing Xbox 360 titles they're gonna, that are going to go away. So if you want them, for the monthly price that you're paying for Game Pass, download them before October 1st. Get an external hard drive and download them because they're going to be gone. Disney is developing an Amazon Prime competitor. Shocker. Apparently, the company is looking to establish a new Amazon Prime-style membership program that would offer customers discounts and special perks. I Uh, feel like it's pretty late in the game for Disney to want to trying to create something that competes against Prime. Like, like a store where they sell everything like Amazon or like a, just Disney? It's going to be much like a Prime store with a focus on Disney. They'll probably have other things like if you want to buy your blender from this thing, Prime-like thing. Uh, but it sounds more in the article that I read that it's it's going to be very Disney focused and it's going to be prime style. People will go for it. I mean, as much as I love Disney, there's people out there who their love for Disney far, far, far surpasses mine. Mm. Right. And if it's got the the ears on it, they're going to get it. So yeah. I can't fault them for a smart business move, man. We'll, no. we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. No, you can't fault them. Speaking of some more sad DC news, DC Fandom canceled. An amazing online con that you started in 2020 that for a little bit there in the pandemic, you know, there were people like in 2020 when all this started, people say, wow, DC has won the pandemic so far because they had Fandom. They made this cool thing that you could attend and, and, see all this stuff and you're going to cancel it? Like, what the heck? I mean, I know we're pretty much wide open back in person cons and things, uh, which is great. But man, I mean, fandom brought you a lot of eyes and a lot of excitement. I'm thinking maybe, hopefully, this is just them saying, you know, we're making some changes. We're going to sort of start fresh let's start with a clean slate and you know since they've canceled so many things maybe there's not much to say and show yet so they're just kind of refocusing things and then maybe next year we'll get some big i hope i really do hope that there's a there's a a silver lining 
uh, on a lot of this negativity coming out of Warner and DC. However, one cool thing that's coming uh, in a dramatic feat of irony, Netflix is making a TV series about the final days at Blockbuster, starring Randall Park from Ant-Man and WandaVision. Also, he was Jim on The Office. Yes, he was. He was Jim. He was Very Jim. briefly. Yeah. Exciting. I, I loved the days of Blockbuster. Every millennial will tell you has Blockbuster stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my local Blockbuster probably hated me for the longest time because I would just constantly call and be like, have you gotten this movie in yet? Have you gotten this game in yet? Do mm. you have Ocarina of Time in? Because last week it wasn't there. So uh, it'll be cool to see, to maybe educate some younger generation on what the final days of Blockbuster meant to a lot of us. Have you watched the documentary that's, I think, on Netflix about it? About the last Blockbuster? Yeah. 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 It's a special place, a wondrous, magical place for us 90s kids. It really is. And you see the memes all the time. Like if you follow any of those 90s kids, 90s babies, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook things or whatever. They have the memes up all the time. Like, it's a Friday night and you're going to Blockbuster to get two movies for the weekend and a can mm-hmm. of Surge. <laughs> yeah. All that. It's attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the 90s. What, oh, man, what a great time. Simpler times. Go back and check out our 90s episodes that we've done yes. in our archives. Speaking of the 90s, Twisted Metal, the TV series, wrapped filming its first season. And uh, I'm interested to see what they bring us. As a fan of this game series, I just hope one thing they do right is Sweet Tooth. Well, they have to get that right. He better be terrifying. Is this, uh, what is this going to be on? I don't know. I don't know if it's a Netflix series or Prime or what. Finished right in the first season. I feel like it's a Prime. He's involved. Ooh. Yeah. Be interesting who he plays. You know, if, I got to say, though, there's not been a lot of video game adapted success things that have been successful. Mm-hmm. I think Sonic is probably the best one that there's ever been, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And hopefully Last of Us that's coming soon. Hopefully it's good. I started Uncharted. I got about 20 minutes into it. It it wasn't bad, but it just it wasn't great. The best part of of Uncharted was when they are walking out of the ocean. You probably didn't get to this part. And Nolan North, who's the voice to Drake in the video games, is like lounging on a chair and he like look leans up to him and says something to him, and they just look back and odd guy and walks away. It's like, oh oh, yay. I, I just don't understand like other than we can get Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg if we do it this way, but like why they went with like young Nate and young. Oh Sully. yeah. Cause my, my dream cast was Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Nate, I mean, of course he'd have been great. Mm-hmm. He looks like him. I mean, uh, and his voice isn't far off from Nolan North. So it would have worked. It would have worked really well. Uh, a little bit more. Legendary Entertainment is planning to move on from Warner Brothers and make a deal to develop films with either Sony or Paramount. This company has worked with Warner in the past on Dune and the MonsterVerse movies. So this will be interesting for Dune sequels following up. 
if this means that like legendary is just not making dune anymore and someone else is going to have to pick it up with warner or is dune not going to be a warner product like i said <sighs> there's a lot of craziness happening people are packing up and moving out is that is dune not already done or dune 2 they're working on oh so i thought it was coming out like pretty soonish it might be. I know they're working on doing the video game. Have you seen the trailers for it? No. It's a w- open world, beautiful looking game. You should look up the trailer. You're going to get eaten by a lot of sandworms. Yes. Probably. The whole trailer is him about to jump on a sandworm. It's really cool. All right. Looks pretty. Now, speaking of Prime, a huge shout out to and congratulations to Rings of Power for breaking and setting a massive new record. In the first hours, that's right, hours, not days, not weeks, of debuting Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, it clocked in an incredible 25 million global viewers in its first hours of dropping. Yeah. What are you thinking? How do you feel about Rings of Power? Um, I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan, right? So, um, I have gotten to this point in my life where I don't, I don't let myself get excited about stuff Mm. because I, it's hard for the expectations to live up to what, what we get, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we've known about this Lord of the Rings show for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's slowly been inching closer and closer and, um, I've just sort of been like, okay, when it gets here, I'll watch it. I'm not getting my hopes up, not looking into it, not going to do anything. I watched the first episode the other night and I was so tired. I was just barely making it through it. So I was not really giving it my full attention and, and the, the attention that it deserved. So mm-hmm. I went back and watched it again and uh, did follow up and watch the second episode. And I'm really liking it a lot. I'm, I'm looking forward to what's coming. Young Galadriel, that we get to see the fierceness, mm-hmm. all these stories that we've been told about the Lady of Light, young Elrond getting to meet Celebrimbor. Do you know where you, we have seen that actor, the guy playing Elrond? Do you know what he's from? No. He played young uh, Ned Stark in the flashbacks in Game of Thrones. When we find out, like, when Jon Snow's birth and stuff, that's him. Wow. Yeah. And he's doing a great job. I love Elrond. I loved uh, seeing Kaza Doom. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah. Minor yes. spoilers. Minor, minor spoilers. spoilers. Um, we, they've not outright said it, but we've got Gandalf. Like the birth of Gandalf, pretty much. <laughs> I, I mean, I would assume. Like, who else yeah. could it be? Um. I, I'm just I'm all in, and I think that what we're gonna get next time is uh, Elendil, the key, uh, the father of Isildur. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be uh, where they land here at the end. Uh, El, yeah. uh, not Elrond, Galadriel, and the dude she's with. Mm-hmm. I think so it, I think there. what a lot of people are gonna have to realize, and is this is second age stuff. This is. 3,000 years before the fellowship. So I really hope that people can at least detach enough to know that you're not going to hear the name Baggins. Mm -mm. There's not. Mm -mm. These little critters 
these little characters, they're like the precursor to hobbits. So like, we're not going to hear some names. We're just not. And, and that's okay because this is the second age. Like, like Lord of the Rings is like into the third beginning of the fourth. So it's like, if you keep that in your mind, it'll help you enjoy what you're seeing more because we're getting told a lot of stuff that a lot of people haven't digested. And I hope that that doesn't hurt rings of power Mm -hmm. Uh, because nine times out of 10, in all honesty, maybe eight times out of 10, nobody, if you ask them, no, what's the Cimmerillion? They haven't read that. I've not read it. I'm a They haven't read the other Tolkien stuff other than Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And that's okay. Yeah. But don't go into this if you haven't started yet, thinking that you're going to see the one ring on a hobbit's hand or or even on a sealed door's hand. Mm-hmm. Maybe just, well, we might get that by the end. Yeah. We might get that. Because I think it is going to get through like the last alliance of the men and elves mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, this is like thousands of years of the lore that Tolkien created, but they're going to kind of condense it into one time mm. span, a uh, one timeline. So we'll uh, see some flash forwards and stuff like that. And we'll get to that see or just, Sauron get even yeah. more twisted and mm-hmm. then you get to see his physical appearance because they do have a physical actor under his IMDb. Like, uh, uh, it'll be interesting. I can't wait for more. Me and mom are hooked. Do we know how many episodes we're getting? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, like you said, I didn't do a lot of digging. I didn't want to do a lot of digging going into it. I just want to enjoy it. Because if you think about it, other than reading Lord of the Rings, we didn't have the ability to dig when Lord of the Rings was coming out. We weren't on, you know, spoiler pages and there wasn't social media. And so I wanted to kind of treat this as I did Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't want to know a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff until after it's out. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to dig. I just want to enjoy it. There's very little that I know about what's happening because like I said, I did not read the Silmarillion. It's a tough read. Okay. It's, it's tough. I've skimmed through bits and pieces of it. And there's also some of this coming from a thing Tolkien did called Unfinished Tales. Mm-hmm. And I think his son published that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of everything in here. They're just sort of grabbing all the lore that, that he created and, and putting it into the show. Um, but I, I think if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies, which who's not, you know, at oh, this yeah. point in our world, I mean, people, people love it. So, yeah, it's I, I give it two thumbs up. Highly recommend. Sweet. Me, too. So we're going to close out this first little bit with uh, we started the season introducing this n- new term, Rando Nerdica. And we're going to end this season with a little Rando Nerdica game. So I challenged Josh to name five sequels that were better than its original so i would imagine that we probably have some pretty similar picks uh but what are your five okay five sequels that are better than the originals it actually took me a minute to to come up with this but these send your h wits to at nerdy jd1 if you don't agree uh this is just my opinion, okay? And I did an honorable mention list as well. Okay. So, number five, X2, X-Men United. Yeah. Yeah? Um, 
and oddly enough, uh, Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, even though it is not on my 30 for 30 list, I do think it's better than the first one. But the first one just has more personal meaning to me. But Spider-Man 2. Uh, this one is for sure the dark Knight, way better than Batman begins. Yeah. This is the one where this could be a hot take and I could get some flack for this. I think clerks two is worlds better than clerks one. Oh, sorry, Kevin Smith. I love you, but I, I just enjoy clerks two so much more. Okay. And, uh, then I've got empire strikes back better than star Wars. Yeah. Honorable mentions, I put Evil Dead 2. I think this counts, even though it's technically the third movie and not the second. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is way better than both of the other Thor movies. And the Suicide Suicide Squad is better than (laughs) Suicide Squad. So, honorable mentions. That's true. That's very true. Leaps and bounds. How about you? So, number five would have to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Is better than the first one. Yeah. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, much better than the first one. Sure, sure. The Dark Knight. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And Christmas Vacation is better than Vacation. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Easily. Interesting. Those are my five. I did have a little honorable mentions, and uh, Evil Dead 2 was in there. Um. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I could probably sit here and name 10 or 15. I mean, I think in the reboot world, Hills Have Eyes 2 is better than the first Hill has, Hills Have Eyes, but the original Hills Have Eyes from 20, 30 years ago is better than both of them. So I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hearing big things about the uh, Top Gun sequel. And you've you've That's seen it difficult, a lot. man. Like the only thing that would keep Top Gun ahead of Maverick for me is the nostalgia. Is like, ah, oh, this is the first. It's young Kilmer. It's young Cruz. Goose is in it. But two is, wow. That's difficult. That really is tough for for me. Um, and uh, I would say, um, this might be a hot take with horror fans. Uh, Friday the 13th, too, is better than the first Friday the 13th because we actually get Jason. Mm. Rather than his mom. Rather than his mother, which was a cool little twist. But, yeah, that's our Rando Nerdica for this. Uh, we're going to step away, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're finishing off our season finale with part two of 30 for 30 and Nerdy. When 30 and Nerdy Podcast returns. <laughs> They're creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky. And they're coming to Encore Theatrical Company this October. The Adams Family, a comical feast that embraces the wackiness in every family, features an original story, and it's every father's nightmare. Wednesday Adams, the ultimate princess of darkness, has grown up and fallen in love with a sweet, smart young man from a respectable family, a man her parents have never met. And if that wasn't upsetting enough, Wednesday confides in her father and begs him not to tell her mother. Now, Gomez Adams must do something he's never done before. Keep his secret from his beloved wife, Morticia. Everything will change for the whole family on the fateful night they host a dinner for Wednesday's normal boyfriend and his parents. 
The Addams Family, the next installment in Encore's Young Star series, runs October 7th through the 16th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or season tickets for the remainder of this season, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too, because it's not just theater, it's Encore. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind the scenes features new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass, and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere. That's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom! Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Woke up all broke up and messed up. Laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough. Couldn't work much and the bills are piling up. Insurance company wasn't paying up. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 546 1111. You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Hey, nerds. This is Beth Crowley, and you're listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back, Nerds and Nerdettes. We are finishing off our Fantastic Four season with 30 for 30 and Nerdy Part 2. Now, we're going to recap our first 15 of our top 30 films really quickly, in case you missed the last episode. But if you did, we highly recommend you go back and listen to that, especially for the Beth Crowley of it. And my top, my first 15 were Independence Day, Lake Placid, A Christmas Story, Lost Boys, The Breakfast Club, 
Christmas Vacation, The Replacements, The Patriot, Caddyshack, Con Air, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, The Three Musketeers, The Dark Knight, Remember the Titans, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. And my uh, first 15 were Guardians of the Galaxy, The Fifth Element, Beyond the Mat, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, The Sword and the Stone, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Star Wars, The Blind Side, Walk the Line, uh, The 2002 Spider-Man, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Wizard of Oz, Avengers Endgame, Return of the King, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And we've been doing this in uh, sections of like five, mm-hmm. each back and forth. And again, reminder, we've not, this is not like ranked, like this is number one, this is number two, this is number yeah. three. This is just like, if we had to pick 30 movies that were super meaningful to us and if we were trapped on a island and these are the three mm-hmm. uh, 30 movies that we had to watch for the rest of our lives we would be okay with these 30 movies i actually think i messed up uh where i have christmas story that uh, should be christmas vacation i overlooked i looked at a different name so christmas vacation was in the place of christmas story in my top 15, first 15 yeah speaking of so we are into our top 15 movies for 30 and 30 podcast. I'll start this one off. Okay. And my first five of this 15, we've got Gangs of New York. My favorite Daniel Day-Lewis role he has mm. ever played. That's a good one. Mm. The Godfather. Also a good one. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. A Christmas Story. And The Sandlot. Your list is just so eclectic. eclectic. It's yeah. just so like a little bit of everything, a little bit of this, a little mm. bit of that. And mine is like basic nerd guy list, but that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. It's okay. It's fine. I'd All say right, a lot so, of people fall into your list. I think so. Um, so my next five, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, Toy Story, Love me some Toy Story. Mm-hmm. That's one of those that I had the cassette, the VHS or whatever, yeah. would put it on like every day. Um, probably know almost every word of that movie, actually. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Arguably not the best of the Harry Potter movies, but most special and meaningful to yeah. me. And the one that I have seen the most by far. And could probably quote everything in that movie as well. Yeah. Uh, how about a little Scott Pilgrim? Good choice. Yeah. I love me some Scott Pilgrim, uh, which also in our archives, we did a great episode on Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one might be a surprise to a lot of people. Grandma's Boy. <laughs> I love Grandma's Boy. This one never gets old to me. Um, <laughs> it is super raunchy, which is okay every now and then. Kids, uh, this is rated R. I do not recommend it. It's for you. shallow. Red shirted butthole. Uh, but you know, it also it it's it sort of is on the verge of being in the nerd universe because they're video game testers oh, yeah. and there's references yeah. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that one always makes me laugh. Uh, and I just I don't know. My grandma wasn't exactly like the grandma and grandma's boy, but I loved my grandma very much. So you know. It, it just hits home in a lot of different areas for me. So, yeah. I understand. I understand. Oh, my gosh. 
we're getting down to this is like the real stuff now top 10 the top 10 top 10 movies people that you could watch for the rest of your life yes. holy cow oof and this was this was one of those where like as i said last week i don't think these 10 have ever left my top 10 in probably 25 plus years uh the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. The Princess Bride. Okay. Twister. Okay. Field of Dreams. And Scream. Mm. Good choices. I think I had said at some point on the previous episode, when we get to the top 10, I think we'll have a lot more in common. So yeah. far, we've not had much in common. Mm-mm. We're fi- we are getting to that territory. My prediction was correct. So okay. the uh, six through 10 for my top 10 in no specific order. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is more recent, Good but choice. man, that is probably it changed. It changed the game, man. Greatest Spider-Man film of all time, closely followed by No Way Home. But Oh, it's so great. Changed the game. End of the Spider-Verse. Uh, the Dark Knight. Just that one is one that when we talk about masterpieces, there's very few yes. that fall into that category. The mm. Dark Knight is a masterpiece. And we don't often use that. that don't term, use that term a lot. <laughs> but that one will fall into it. That's one that I saw in the theaters like four times. Mm. Didn't get sick of it. Um. Avengers, the the OG Avengers movie, the first one, another one that I saw four times. That was the first date that I had with my now wife. Um, Love it. This one, I feel like is very underrated. Um, I think a lot of people haven't even seen this one. And one day I think we we should cover this one. Wanted. Good movie. James McAvoy, Angelina Jolie, Common, Morgan Freeman. On video game, too. Uh, the video game was excellent. You can't find it anymore. And uh, comic book as well, graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's really probably would be more in my top five, but I just threw it here. Um, and then The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Understandable. Top five, kids. Oh, man, here we top are. Five. Hook. Jaws, Tombstone, Ghostbusters, A Time to Kill. Now, A Time to Kill is at number one. Ghostbusters is at number two. Tombstone is at number three. And those are the only ones that I was just like, yep, these three aren't moving. They will never be beat. Time to Kill, uh, you said last week a lot of people will be like, interesting. Yeah. God, man, that book, that movie, oh. It's so powerful. It's still to this day one of the most star-studded events of the 90s. Beautiful story, powerful story. And one that I think everyone should watch at least once a year to remind themselves of a time that wasn't that long ago Mm. in the South. Yeah. And in some places in the South still exist. Yeah. Um. But not just the South. Sometimes I feel like I give the South a bad name on here, but a mentality that still exists around the world. 
and and it sucks. And I, I go back and listen to last September's episodes, and you'll know how I feel about Ghostbusters. So, <laughs> yeah. holy cow! Or November, or whenever we did it, but yeah. you know how I feel about Ghostbusters. I do. Into this show, uh, and Tombstone, man, young Val Kilmer, that accent, I use it every day. His his very well, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Mm. Also, star-studded event. I mean, Billy Bob Thornton when he was young and heavy, yeah. before he was the Billy Bob Thornton. Um, that's my top five. Uh, like I said, I don't think anything could could push anything out of the top five. And and not to mention Hook and Jaws, just movies that I can just put in, and I, I could not go the rest of my life without watching. Top five. This is like picking your children. It is. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? You were bold enough to say this is absolutely my number one. And I haven't thought of it like that. Um, but I think I'll, I'll try to do the same. But it's going to be a really close tie here between one and two. Top five for JD. Oh, God. This is painful for me. The Princess Bride. As you wish. Mm. The Boondock Saints. I knew that would be in your top five. Yeah. The Matrix. Ooh. <sighs> <laughs> the sweat is just pouring right now. Pouring and pouring. Um, I'm going to say The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Okay. Number one, I'm going to say Fellowship of the Ring. I think it's a good uh, uh, But I mean, that and Empire, they're just like really like neck and neck. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, you'd have to ask me on. Well, I think that it's like uh, it, it comes down to which franchise. Cause like arguably, Fellowship, you know, is the beginning of a franchise and Empire is the best of the franchise. Right. So it's like, which franchise are you going to go with? We've done, we've talked about this before, like season one or two or something like that. We, we, we covered this. And I remember someone we know personally said, really? Yeah. Uh, but I think both of us said we would pick Lord of the Rings over. It was Star either Wars. or we were, we were given an either or question oh. we were, back when we were doing like, send your questions to the, and somebody asked, uh, to get rid of or not get rid of, but your top three franchises or something in order. So I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it, it was difficult, but we were both like, yeah, Lord of the Rings. I mean, the, the, the world building, the characters, the memories, the feeling, I think that this universe brings me will be what it always makes me say it's my top. But I, I just love, I really really love them both they're both so special uh and dear to me and i don't have any star wars tattoos yet i've got one plan i've got one plan but i have lord of the rings stuff permanently on my body um because it just resonated with me so much and and had such an impact on me and was really the beginning of my love of literature i mean i was an english major and the lord of the rings really was the reason for that that that's what started yeah. it for me so um 
it has to be like one A fellow uh, Lord of the Rings, one B Star Wars for franchise. I understand that. And then Marvel as third, but um, the in my top fifteen, these were some titles that didn't make it to the the top fifteen that I had like written out and like like I said last week, kind of did some reshuffling. Yeah, The Departed, mm-hmm. Jumanji, mm. Secondhand Lions. That's a good one. Star Wars, Beetlejuice, and The Exorcist. Beetlejuice would be definitely. We're up there, but like, yeah. I, like, like we said, these are the 30 that if someone put a gun to your head, you could only watch these 30. I would happily say this is my list. And shocker, as shocking as it sounds, two Christmas movies are in my top 30. And I'm a Halloween kid. And Hocus Pocus isn't. It's yeah. Not- um, if we did top 50, like Hocus Pocus would be in my top 50. Yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas would be in my top 50. Yeah. I don't know the Christmas story would be in my top 50. Um, maybe top 100. But. Well, I think kind of like what Beth said last week, it's what comes with a Christmas story. What comes with a Christmas story is my family. Right. Surrounded by the TV. Christmas Eve, going into midnight of Christmas Day, opening presents, dinner, watching it three or four times, quoting it to each other, laughing, telling stories. That's what comes with Christmas story for me. So, and the dad. (laughs) And the dad. And plus that I I, I didn't get a Red Rider BB gun till late in life. And mom finally got me one for Christmas. And I cried because... Of what it meant, and mm-hmm. I always wanted a Red Rider BB gun, like the kid. And one day, one Christmas, mom finally got it for me, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's the official Red Rider!" You know, with the compass and the stock. Um, it's it top thirty, man. Like like we said, it was like picking your kids, and we had to overcome this mentality of they were gonna, these movies were gonna be slighted and offended. Their, their like, feelings are hurt. They're not. They're like you, you, this is you. After like, everything I did for yeah, you through the years, you're going to leave me out in the cold. Like you're going to put me at 33 <laughs> after everything we've been through. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that what these, these two lists prove about us is, is we are avid cinephiles and entertainment industry, you know, nuts and whether it's the depending on it doesn't really matter the genre of film we just love to dissect and ingest movies and entertainment and um i hope that some of these if you haven't heard of them nerds or you haven't watched them (laughs) everybody's everybody's heard of my list yeah (laughs) everybody knows mine if you haven't seen field of dreams go watch field of dreams it's one of costner's best movies if Um, you build it they will come it's it's a great story while i was healing or before my surgery not while i was healing before my surgery while i was busy working as much as possible leading up to the surgery my family got to go to the field of dreams and they went to iowa and sent me all these pictures of of the field of dreams and like the house is there from the movie and the field is still there that they built and the corn and and every year a two pro baseball teams are drawn to have the field of dreams game 
And this this year's was oh, I didn't know that the Reds and the Cubs, two of my wow. favorite pro baseball teams, were at the field, and they come out of the corn. And you class, missed it in classic, you know, attire from like their 1930s teams or whatever, and they just come out of the corn as as one, not as individual teams, and just all coming to play a game of baseball. And it's beautiful. It really is. Um, but if, if some of these movies you haven't laid your eyes on, nerds, I we highly recommend them. For we sure. do. Yeah. Um, and and still, even though the season's over, send us your tops. We'll talk about them. We'll post yeah. them. We'll we'll tag you. All that stuff. Uh, but season five is right around the corner. We already are in the midst of planning. Uh, oh yes, many plans. Hopefully, a very good October. Um, as you know, if you've been listening, this October is a big month for us. We love October. So, uh, and hopefully a really big season premiere is in the works. And and just in talking, just in the conversation today, I've, I've had new ideas that I'm going to throw at you. So things are ever changing and, and ever in the works and evolving and whatnot. Yeah. So we're excited for season five. I can't believe that we've gone through four whole seasons of this mm-hmm. show at this point. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And just to think we all, we started this whole thing on a couple of milk crates on my futon <laughs> with one microphone between us and a laptop. And, and here we are, we have big sponsors yeah. and made all these connections and interviews that we've done. And we've got our own songs now and yeah, just, it's great. And, uh, I'm glad that we've been on this journey together. Absolutely. And speaking of songs to close us out in our season fourth finale, here's Beth Crowley with the ballad of 30 and nerdy. There once were two dudes who met back in college. Nobody loved pop culture more. So they started a podcast to talk all about it. And 30 and nerdy was born. Oh, 30 and nerdy was born. You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher or movies like Lord of the Rings. And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel while Tyler goes more for DC. Yes, Tyler goes more for DC. Now come, come, one and all, nerd up or shut up, just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical worlds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds.